Welcome to the Cross Sands Christian Centre podcast. Based in the small Welsh village of Cross Sands in Carmarthenshire, we've always been passionate about sharing God's love with our local community. And now, thanks to the podcast, we can share that love even more widely. Wherever you're listening to this podcast in the world, we pray it will be a blessing to you. Sending much love from us and God to you. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to share with you something that you've definitely heard before from me and from other people, and I make no apologies for that. Uh, But first, let's pray. Dear Father God, dear Jesus, dear Holy Spirit, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the time we've already had together, and I thank you for what you've laid on my heart to share with everybody. Please help help them to hear from you. Uh, as always, help me not to speak too fast or give them ears which are primed to hear. But more than anything, just have, have each of us hear from you because that's, that's what we actually want. You know, there's none of us just standing here want to speak words. We want to hear from you. And so I just thank you for what you've laid on my heart and have your will done as we move forward in this service this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whew. I'm very excited about this one. I get excited a lot, as you know. So I was asking God, okay, like, what are we going to do? Obviously, that's encouraging, isn't it? That the person standing at the front has asked, asked Holy Spirit for guidance. And he said to me, share Yuya. And I said, but they've heard, they've heard me talk about Yuya before. He said, ah, but they haven't heard the acronym I gave you. I went, oh, yeah, that's true. So a few weeks ago, I don't know how much of this you know, Chris, but for a long time, the stuff that I do on the internet, I get very excited about encouraging people to be Yuya, the people that God made them to be. And, you know, to fully be fully self-expressed and embrace all of your quirks and foibles and eccentricities. Uh, and um, because you can only be you and I can only be me. And, you know, we're collectively, we're a really good mix. Um, however, God gave me an extra bit a few weeks ago because he knows I love, an, I love an acronym. So he said, Yuya is you plus intentional expectant relationship with your creator. So it went from going be who God made you to be to be who God made you to be in relationship with me. And I know that was kind of always implied, but it was like, oh, wow, yay, thank you. Because every now and again, people get on the internet, get a little bit cross with me. They say, oh, you shouldn't be telling people to be, that you've got to die to self and you mustn't be, you know, no, no. And, and that's true. In the Bible, it does talk about dying to self. I'm not denying that. But when you be who God made you to be in relationship with him, you are actually dying to self in the way that Jesus intended it because you're allowing yourself to be led by Holy Spirit. So ultimately, the purpose of today, you all know this, but it's that reminder, if I go fast forward in my notes, the ultimate point of today is we cannot, must not underestimate the gift and power of Holy Spirit. Now, yes, it was Pentecost last week and we've already talked about like doing life with God loads. It's not like none of this is new. But like God felt like you needed a reminder. Um, so that's what today is. It's a reminder. But we do have Bible verses, which is encouraging, isn't it? Let's have a little look. Where shall we start? Okay, I know I say this every time. Today feels particularly scattered. I've got to be honest. It's a bit all over the place. We have a side note as well, but it feels like an important side note. But let's first dig into those three things. Intentional, expectant relationship. So intentional is about choosing. You've always got a choice. You don't have to do life with God. Like you've prayed the prayer, you've asked Jesus into your life, you've had salvation, you know that when you die, your eternity is secure, that's all good. But actually, that being you here is how you do life right now. Because yes, was it Spurgeon that said a little bit of faith will get you to heaven? It brings a whole lot more faith to bring heaven to earth. And so this is about you choosing to do life with God every single day. But it is a choice. 
Expectant, that's about expecting God to talk to you. Now, for me, and I think I've shared bits of this with you before, for me, like, you know, I grew up in a Christian family. I prayed the prayer when I was 12, but I always thought of people who hear from God as being like sort of like prophets and ultra holy people, and maybe Laura. <laughs> holy one in our family like you know yeah so like like special people but the journey I've been on in the last she won't mind me saying that I'll tell her I told her that and give her I told her I get a shout out Um, the journey I've been on that that God has led me on over the last well really since the last sort of 14 months of lockdown because something happens when you're on lockdown and you can't do all the normal stuff it's almost like God gave us space to really go deep and explore stuff so the journey I've been on is God reminding me and telling me, do you know what? I've been talking to you all of the time. I was like, okay. So for example, I think I might have shared this last time, but I'll share it again. One of the ways that God shares stuff with me is through stories. I know I have told you this before, so I'll do it briefly. Over the years, something would happen and I'd tell the story of what happened and they'd be like, oh, this is the takeaway. And then God was saying to me, well, that's always been me. I was always giving you those stories. But once you know that it's him, you can actually be intentional about it. Now I can go, oh, okay, God, what are you saying? And sometimes he's not saying anything. Sometimes he'll just say, no, no, that slug is just a slug. But other times there's a story there. Um, but it's that bit about being expectant. Do we expect to hear from God? Do we expect God to show up and talk to us in day-to-day life? And then finally, relationship. Because as we've explored lots and lots and lots, it's always been about relationship. I see you yawning behind that face mask, Philippa. It's okay. You had your vaccine yesterday. We'll let you off. It's always been about relationship. Sorry. What, what slugs? About the slugs? No, you were talking about expectant and then you're going about slugs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There was a story one time of something happened. It was an it was an it was it was an example. Like sometimes something might happen in life. Like I for ages I would see orange slugs uh, all of the time. And that was to do with the reticular activating systems, filtering them in. So sometimes something will happen in life and it might be God giving you a nudge or telling you something, but sometimes it's just a something. So say like if you burnt your bread, you make, yeah. we'll give you a real life, when you're making bread, not that you ever forget about your buns in the oven, you never, break, you never burn your bread, but imagine one time you burnt your bread and then somehow you kept getting niggled about that, you could say to God, what are you saying to me through that bread? And he actually might be trying to tell you something, but other times you just burnt your bread. All right. Yeah, does that make more sense? Yeah. I agree. I know the slug was a bit random. You said it quick though. Ooh, yeah, no, that? sorry. That's a fair question. <laughs> No, 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 no. I would rather you, you ask the question than sit there pondering on a slug and then, and then the, the slug is gone. Then we've, we've... Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, no. We're on the same way then, Carol. This is probably an example of in my head there being three or four different connections and me in my head making that connection, but the connection not quite making it to my mouth. Apologies. Um, <laughs> good question. Well, say yes? Because we had the slug some mm. weeks ago, we ought to know. This is true. I did mention the slug. This is a good point, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I do say a lot of words, so it's okay. I the bird on the bonnet. Yeah, that's true. I almost did mention the birds, but anyway. Um, yeah. No, no, you're fine. But that was, that was the intention, the, the relationship piece. Yeah. Are we all good with slugs now? Excellent. Excellent, excellent. You know you're going to see loads of slugs in your garden this week. I'm just saying because now we mentioned them, your brain's going to filter them in. It's always been about relationship. I've got a couple of Bible verses here. That's encouraging, isn't it? Oh, yes. Okay, we're going to start in Genesis. 
Um, and I very purposely, because I know I'm using my phone to record, to slow me down a little bit, I'm going to turn to all the Bible verses today rather than have them printed out, because otherwise I, get, I go too quick. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. We're made, so God, I'll read the next bit. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So when you read the account of creation, God made all the, the stars and all the nice stuff and the trees and the animals. And we are like animals in as much as we have the breath of life, but we are something special about us because we are made in God's image. And that relationship piece says there, let us make man in our image. That first hint of the Trinity. And actually, we get it in verse two, really, don't we? The spirit of God hovering over the waters. But anyway, that's an aside. The other verse I have for you, which I love, even though it happens in the, in the bit with the serpent, but it's that picture. This is the end of uh, verse eight of chapter three. Yes. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? It's this picture, I've shared it before. I love this picture of God going for a stroll through the garden. I know the circumstances around it are not great, but like it has always been about relationship. God made these people to be in relationship and was walking with them. And I just think it's amazing. Um, he's always, always, always been moving in relationship. People were talking to God. I actually found, okay, this is an example. Um, of like the whole like listening to Holy Spirit thing. So I woke up at about six o'clock this morning and like, I'm like, I don't want to get up yet. I didn't go to bed till half past 11 because Caitlin was out late. I'm like, ugh. But then Holy Spirit was nudging me. No, no, get up. You need to sort out the preach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you can do that later. You're really quick at that. No, no, get up. Oh, I don't want to get up. But I did get up. You'd be glad to know. But the nice thing was, as a result of getting up, we sort of meandered around through Genesis for a bit. Like I knew yesterday, Holy Spirit said we were going to do you, yeah? But I didn't really know where we were going. So we were meandering through Genesis. But as a result, as a result of meandering through Genesis, I discovered some new stuff that I'd never noticed before. Isn't it cool when God does that? Things I've never noticed before. So for example, um, this is chapter four. Cain and Abel, right? So we know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain was a bit of a naughty boy. He killed his brother. However, verse six. Now Cain, no, that's true. Verse six, sorry. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Um, he was talking to him. Like all of this account in Genesis, that people aren't going, sorry, who's that? Is that you? They were talking to God. They were in relationship with God. They expected to be in relationship with him. I know we got the example of Samuel when he was like a young boy and he heard God calling to him and he didn't know his voice yet. So, we, you know, we, yes, we can learn to hear what God sounds like, but all of these people were in relationship. And also in verse 16, it's really sad, this bit. Um, uh, so Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So even after he'd killed his brother and then there was all the repercussions of that, and then he had to leave, you know? And it's just, it was like, oh, pity. Like, it's really sad. And obviously as a result of that, there was a whole other people group and they were really evil. And I read somewhere this morning, I don't remember where, Seven generations down from Cain's was one of the most evil people in the Bible, and yet seven generations down from 
Seth, thank you, is the one, is it Methuselah or Enoch, the one who was vanished into God's presence? Whichever one did that? Enoch. Enoch. And so it, it was like as if you had Cain and his line. I was, I was pondering on this. Again, this is Holy Spirit, I guess, what it must be. Because me and, me and God were like meandering through Genesis. And they're like, okay, go and have a shower and get dressed. I'm like, well, we haven't finished yet. Go and have a shower and get dressed. Right, okay. So I'm in the shower and I'm pondering on stuff. And there was this thought that popped in my head. It was like, how did it, and I haven't got answers to this, but like, how did it all go so wrong? Because like, we've got Cain doing all his naughty stuff. And I was imagining it's a bit like when people sort of go down a bad path, don't they? And they always tend to hang out with people who are a bit, and there are exceptions, but they tend to hang out with people who are equally a bit naughty. And so it's almost like this whole sort of side of Adam's family tree, we're all me- making a mess of it. And then you've got the other side of the family tree, we're doing a decent job. But then these ones married these ones, it all went horribly wrong, and then we had Noah. Um, and you know, the flood, and then God sort of had a bit of a reset. But it was just, even when Cain had done stuff wrong, he was still talking to God. Like, he could still hear God. It's always been about relationship, which I just thought was completely fascinating. So the question I wrote down in my notebook, if I can turn the pages, so why not us? Why, do, why did it take me until 18 months ago to realise that I could have these conversations with God in my head? You know? Like, and I was moaning to God about this a few weeks ago. And I was like, well, why, like, why, why, I'm I'm really old, God, is what I actually said to him, I know you're all going to laugh, because to you I'm a bit younger, but like, to Philippa I'm not, and to my kids I'm not, I was like, God, I'm really old, why have you taken me to like, I'm 40, look at all this time we've wasted, and he said, but yeah, but look, some people take the whole of their lifetime and into eternity to actually talk to me about stuff, and that made me feel a bit better, but this reminder that we can be in relationship, and then there was, he was nudging me around something that he and I explored, I think it was last week, you know that, oh, I'll turn to it. So in Matthew 7, hold on, let's go. This is, this is the middle of all, like, the uh, Sermon on the Mountain stuff. Well, we're going to go in verse 13 initially, but we're going to dot around a little bit. So verse 13 and 14 of Matthew 7, you've heard these before. It talks about the narrow gate and the wide gate. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And so one of the things that I was sort of pondering on and God was saying was like the whole thing about you being you in relationship with God is kind of like not really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of countercultural. We're told we, as women we should be strong, independent women. We don't need no man. We can just do life and do it all on ourselves and all the rest of it. And we've talked before, like I've t- shared you some of my story about trying to fit in be normal. There's this path, you know, we, 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 we grow up, we do well in school, we maybe get job, university, maybe get married. It's like this path that's set out. And none of those things are wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love my children. I love my husband. I like having a family. But it's like, it's almost like what God was saying was this, this expectation of this is how you do life one day after another is like the wide path. And actually when people just try and fit into how they're expected to be, because that's what the world tells them, it makes them miserable. It's, it was sending me crazy. You know, maybe you've got ex- um, examples of when you do life and you can just feel like you're not being true to who you actually are. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that. Yes, no, whatever. But like times in your life when you've like... You just sort of know you're playing small or you're being a bit sort of like, you're not, maybe there's something you, you want to express and you don't, say, you don't speak your mind and share what's on your heart or I don't know, I can't think of any other examples and you're looking at me puzzled, so you're not entirely sure. No, I'm, just trying, I'm trying to think of something. That's okay, yeah, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make no, your name no, thing, it's all good. <laughs> but there's times when we try and just sort of fit in 
Um, and it's that Romans 12, which we're going to read at the very end, because I always read it. This idea of like what, what, what God was saying was those times when we fit in and do life like how we expected. And it, what if that's the wide road that sends people a bit loopy and makes us a bit miserable? And actually that narrow path is about doing life with God, listening to Holy Spirit, following those nudges, even when we maybe make ourselves look a bit crazy, like the time when I went to dig up Charlie and pray for him to come back to life again. I looked completely mental that day. Like, I thought I was completely losing the plot. Um, you know, we sometimes will do things. You, I, mean, I know that probably all of you have had times where God's nudged you to go and speak to somebody and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. They're going to think I'm completely crazy. But there was a lady in town and God told me to go and tell her she was a gypsy. And, or, yeah, she was. She was like a gypsy and she did, like, spiritual medium and stuff. And we'd had this conversation and talking about travellers. And as I was walking home, I don't know if I've told you this story. It was years ago. As I was walking... I have. Okay. Well, they might have forgotten it. I'll tell you again. As I was walking home, God said, Abraham. I said, what do you mean, Abraham? Well, Abraham lived in a tent. He was a traveller too. Okay. Go back and tell her. I'm not going back and tell her. I'm almost home now. What are you talking about? Go back and tell her. So I did go back and tell her. I think she thought I was completely bananas, that this crazy person had gone home and come back again just to tell her about Abraham. But we don't really know how these things work out. And you will have had examples in your life where you've been nudged to do something or say something or give something or act in a certain way, which is completely crazy. But actually, it all makes a difference. And it's all doing life with God. And so what if that listening to the nudges and following the nudges of Holy Spirit is that narrow path? We're going to go on a slight aside now. Um, but it's an aside that's got a box around it. And it kind of felt important. So I'm going to share it really. But what I'm about to share is kind of sort of speculation. <laughs> you do that sometimes, Dad, so it's okay. I'm going I'm, no, like, to propose something. This is something for you to think about. We, there isn't an answer to this. This is an aside. However... In the same chapter as the one, the one about the end, enter through the narrow gate, we also have in verses 7 to 12, um, a, the piece about um, which whispered to me of the Holy Spirit. Let me read it first. Um, it says, ask, this is verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. That's not me making that noise, by the way. It was whistling, and I, 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 as soon as I haven't got this turned on anyway, it makes no point. Sorry, could anybody else hear that? Yeah, oh. Yeah. oh, that's fine, good. Um, but it's gone now. Uh, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then know you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Um, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Now this verse doesn't explicitly say it, but in my head the connection was, whichever verse, which I haven't written down, there's another verse where it talks about you ask God and he will give you the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that was the reminder. And that, so when I read that, that's what it reminded me of. And I was all set to find that. However, there was a note somewhere in the bottom of the, of the, um, the study Bible that sent me off to James 1 because it talks about good gifts. I'm going to read this now. This is James chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. It says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like, like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. 
Now, I must confess, when I first read that, I skipped over the last part of that and turned away back to what I thought I was doing. And I felt very clearly, no, no, go back and read that again. I'm like, okay. So I went back and read it again because the bit that God was highlighting, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. In the bottom, there's a reference and it talks about the Old Testament. And we've talked about this with you, these first principle of first use. So for the people to whom James was writing, this principle of first fruits would immediately remember, reminded them of Levitical law, where they had to give the first fruits of the harvest. The first fruits of the harvest were a promise of the rest of the harvest that was to come. Now in the, in the, in the study Bible notes, it's suggesting that James's audience in the current day, at his time he was writing, they were like the first fruits, they were the early Christians, and they point to the rest of us. However, what I was pondering on, and I'm going to propose to you, is something to think about. What if us today, and every single person who loves Jesus right now, who has been and who will be, are all first fruits? What if we are here to point, like the Israelites, and, and you know, we are grafted in, what if we are the first fruits? Because we're told in... John 12, which I'm going to turn to, Jesus talked about how he's going to draw all people to him. Now, I know that this isn't theology that everybody agrees with. There's conversations we've had in church here before. I will be quite open about the fact that I believe in 2 Peter that we're going to read in a minute, where, where it talks about God wants, um, doesn't want anybody, God wants everybody to come to repentance. I believe ultimately God will get his own way. And I know that's not something that everybody will agree on, and that's fine. But what was exciting to me when I read that, this idea... Like I say, it's just something I'm putting out there, this idea that we are the first fruits and the promised harvest that's going to come is when everybody ultimately, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So John 12, verse, oh, goosebumps, 31, verses 31 and 32. This is Jesus speaking. Now is the time for, for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And this is the verse I wanted. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus said that by dying, he would draw all men, which means people, all people to himself. And that verse I've already alluded to in 2 Peter as well. Let me just turn to it and read it. It's 2 Peter chapter 3. Like I say, this is me proposing, supposition. I'm not sure I can't even say that word. But it was just a thought that God put in my head. I wanted to share because I thought it was exciting. It certainly excited me. This um, verse 8 and 9 of chapter 3 of 2 Peter. It says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But what's interesting is that word, but, because I love a but, yeah, or but, or a therefore, because it joins it onto the previous verse. Now, if you read the previous verse, in isolation, you're going to go, no, well, that can't be true. You, what you're suggesting that everybody ultimately will bow at the name of Jesus is nonsense. Because this is what verse 7 says. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. If we stop there, then you go, oh, no, well, that's not true. But then Peter says, but do not forget. Right. So to my mind, it was suggesting the two are together. OK, yes. There is a stuff happening in the, in the life to come and it will play out in ways that we don't really know and thankfully we're not God, yeah? But, 
But do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand is like a day. God's playing the long game. You've said this before. You know, I was pondering on this lots. This, this, this idea, like if I was God and all these thousands of people, I mean, I was reading it this morning in the, in the lead up to this morning when I was meandering in Genesis, all the thousands of different people that were born before the flood. And then they were all making a right big mess of it. And, Let's have a reset and start over. Like, why, why would you do that? It's an aside, really, but it, I found it quite exciting to think that actually the Israelites possibly and then us grafted in could be that first fruit. We are here to do life, being the people God made us to be, in relationship with God, in relationship, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, to point other people to Jesus. Like I say, it's really just an aside. I got sent off down a slight rabbit trail because Holy Spirit was going, read that bit. But I, it was exciting to me. But like I've already said to you, the most important, the real point of today, we cannot, must not, under, uh, underestimate, <laughs> underestimate the gift and power of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not an extra. He's not like an add-on. He is God. I've wrote down here, he was there at the start of creation. We already read it. Let us make man in our image. He was hovering over the spirit of the deep. I also found it because of my meandering through Genesis earlier on. Thank you, God. Genesis chapter 11. This is the Tower of Babel. Verse 7 of chapter 11, it says, so just can't remind you, the people all spoke the same language. We don't know what language they spoke, but they were getting like, woohoo, we're brilliant. Let's build a big tower and go up to God. And God's like, yeah, I don't think that's a very good idea. Okay. This is verse 7. Um, but we'll go from verse 5, sorry. Uh, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. As an aside, what would that look like? Can you imagine? I don't, like, we don't know, but like they were there building this thing and he came down to see what it would look like. We, we know that God hasn't got feet and stuff. So like, we don't know. I haven't got the answer to that, but it just blows my mind. It's like, okay, let's have a look, see what they're doing. <laughs> the Lord said, if, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. This is the verse I want. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. That word us again. Yeah, in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was there when the world was created. He was there when languages were first invented. Um, and I've got some references in John I'm going to read, which we've all read before, of all the different things that Holy Spirit can do to help us. Let's go to John 14. We're actually nearly finished. Sorry, those of you who's getting a bit long. Um, where are we? Oops, John chapter 14. Verses I knew you were going to ask that. I was about to say, verse 15 of John chapter 14, when I get there, says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. This is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor. Another counsellor. So, like, that, was, that word was cool too. To be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Um, and it goes on other stuff but this reminder that we've got God living inside of us I know that's mental like logically it's completely bananas but you've got God living inside of you which is just like <laughs> madness verse 26 of chapter 15 um, when the counsellor comes whom I will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who goes out from the father he will testify about me and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. I think in that context, he's probably speaking directly to the disciples about you must testify, but it goes for us too. And then finally, this is over the page in chapter 16 from verse 7. Uh, where are we? 
But I tell you the truth. Okay, so his disciples were sad because they were like Jesus, who they'd been with for a long time, said he was about to leave. But he says, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. There's lots of words there, and he's like, here's and there's and there's and there's. Basically, in essence, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, like, Jesus is saying, I'm the Father, and the Father's in me. Right, so everything that I do, I do through the Father. And then Jesus then says, Holy Spirit's coming, and everything Holy Spirit says is from me, which also comes from the Father. They're all together. You know, it's when, um, I know it's not Bible, but it's kind of, Chris, it is Christian. The shack. You know, when you read the shack or you see the book, the, the film of the shack and then there's the the um, the nail marks, they're on Jesus's hands, but they're also on, on Papa's hands as well. And I'm assuming I can't remember, but they must also be on, on Holy Spirit as well. Bec and it, it was conversations that Mac was having with one of the persons of the Godhead. And then he walks into the kitchen and carries on the conversation with a different person of the Godhead because they're all God. God, the Holy Spirit isn't like an add on. He's not an extra. And I know you know that. But like sometimes it's easy to forget because we think of him as this sort of like floaty sort of, you know, because he, like he's mysterious. We, like he goes wherever he wants and does all this amazing stuff. And, but, he, but he's also the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And Peter, you mentioned him some when you're praying, you did, preaching. Yeah, that same power that Peter had, they were trembling in the upper room before Pentecost. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit came and woof! They're out there getting death threats because they were talking and spreading the word so much. You've got that same power living inside of you right now, empowering you as you go into this brand new week. That's exciting. Well, it is. It's really exciting. You know, Poof. Um, <laughs> where are we? Romans chapter 12. We're almost there. I'm going to read it from the message. However, in the NIV, if you look at it in the NIV, it talks about do not conform to the pattern of this world, which reminded me of what I'd said earlier on about the wide path versus the narrow path. Doing life the way that the world says we should versus doing it the way that Holy Spirit, God, nudges us to do it. Um, but let's read it from Romans 12 in the message because I love it. It gets me really excited um, and it ends us up nicely. Where are we? It's much easier when you find the Bible verses on your phone, isn't it? It's much quicker. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit, it, fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. There was a couple of things that like boo, highlighted as I was reading that. The one bit, first bit is where it says, where are we? Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. What does that mean? It means listening to the nudges and acting on them. Even when the nudges are silly, like get up. I'm like, I don't want to get up at six o'clock. 
Now, you'll all have had examples and will go on to have examples of times where God's nudging you. And, and sometimes it's easy because like he might be nudging you to do something nice, like invite me around for a cup of tea. Anytime he does that, yeah, that's fine. Great. I'm there. And, but sometimes you get nudges to do stuff. Either it's like a bit uncomfortable because, you know, it might make you look a bit silly. Or sometimes it's just a bit inconvenient. You know, like I'm not suggesting that God's going to make you do really awful things. But like sometimes it'd just be nice just to stay in bed a bit longer. But afterwards, with hindsight, I was really glad I got up. And I had a shower and I felt wide awake and it was fine. It was lovely and I'll probably have a nap later. But I was glad because our meandering through Genesis was great fun. Um, but it's that, that's what it means. Re- readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Listen to the nudges and act on them. But the other bit as well. We read it every single time. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. How many times have I highlighted that over the years? God helping you. How does God help you? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that we know that. And it was just like, it was like, bing, 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 bing in my head I was like oh okay that's really cool and so I just want to encourage you and remind you you know I know that sometimes life is difficult maybe a lot of times life is difficult for some of you I get that and I'm, Holy Spirit's not going to make everything magically better that was never the promise but there's nudges and you can find joy even in those difficult days which is a whole other preach that we did last time about joy your joy bringing salvation to the nations but it's just that reminder and hopefully you need some encouragement as you get ready for your new week. No matter what you step into, God's there with you. And I just want to encourage you to embrace the power of Holy Spirit and God in your life because it's exciting. And I think that's the end of my notes. Yes, it is. OK, let's pray and we're going to share communion together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, Trinity, amazing. Don't get it, but you're brilliant. We just want to say thank you so much. We thank you that all the way back when you created the world and like you knew what would happen. You knew that you knew Cain, what Cain would do. You knew that there'd be no, you knew all that stuff and you knew it would take ages. And this, for all we know, we don't know how long is left to come, but you know, but like you're playing the long game. And we want to thank you for your love. We thank you for the way that you, you just support each of us and, and help us and you love on us no matter what. And we just want to thank you for that love. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We do pray it's been a blessing to you. If you have any questions or you need to reach out to anyone for support, please know that you can find us now on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Cross Hands Christian Centre.